0: Come on. Come on from ghetto to ghetto, the to yard. I sell it with my the- What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, people up in Tyler, people in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. And my people down in Laredo, you are tuned in here to the Wednesday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark with us producing Spin the One and Twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Eight seven seven three seven 37 Grind, if you know what you want to talk about, you know the rules. It is open phone lines. The only thing we ask you to do is to call during the breaks and be patient during the long segments and breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, keep in mind, if you need to reach out to me via twitter you can do that at sports grind and if you want to stream the show live and leave comments um, i'll respond to those and read those on the air in real time or i'll respond to them later you can go to the business facebook page of sports grind entertainment or you can go to my personal facebook page and like i said you can leave comments and i'll respond to those or respond to them later and also if you ever miss any of the shows live uh, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download uh the podcast daily seven days a week 365 and also if you are traveling or you're in an area or a market that doesn't carry us terrestrial radio wise also you can use the same website and if you are having any technical difficulties to listening to your other means how you consume us also you can go to sportsgrindonline.com you can click the play button and we'll be there Eight seven seven three seven grind. What's up, Mister Clark? You ready?
1: Yes, sir. Ready, rock and roll.
0: All right. So we're into Wednesday uh, now. Coming in on a short week, coming off the holidays, just getting back in the saddle. So we've got quite a few things to get to um, in regards to the sports world. Uh, First off, uh, you know we've got um, you know college basketball. More so men Uh, We'll start getting into more here Especially as we get deeper into the NFL playoffs uh, As we wind down the NFL season And, you know, head into the Super Bowl We'll start keeping our eye on college basketball more I mean, I'm already started But I'll start, you know, kind of talking about it a little bit more on this program Um, But, you know, we had women's basketball last night We had men's as well, too Uh, But the... um, Women's side, uh, we all know a couple of interesting things that took place. Uh, Caitlin Clark, everybody knows a young lady who plays for Iowa. Uh, Some people consider her the best player in the country. Um, Rightfully so, I don't have any pushback. I know there's a young lady at USC I have my eye on uh, in regards to a couple other um, young ladies as well. But she's, it's fair to say she owns the crown. But she hit a game-winning shot uh, last night from the Logo. Uh, Pretty much almost, you know, from half court. And again, you know, we focus a lot in majority of the masses focus more on men's basketball at the college and NBA level than per se. Let's say women's college or WNBA, which I've been you know, there's been years that I never really mentioned women basketball in this program at all but the women's game has grown it's gotten better on both sides WNBA and college and it's marketed better Uh, but when you see something like this it just goes I guess more to the statement and the take that you know not only did Steph Curry really change you know the men's game of basketball uh, but he's really, I think, also had an impact on women in regards to their shooting distance and range. Now, <clears throat> again, I think you have, you know, probably more in the men's game than women's that, you know, women that have this type of range. But, you know, when you see a shot like that, it, it just, to me, in my opinion, it always comes down to Steph Curry. Uh, you know, that really, because again, again, I'm getting older, years of flying by fast. And so that means I was old enough to kind of see, you know, the game played at both levels, you know, by both genders uh, prior to Steph Curry jumping on the scene. So that's the thing that I see when I see a shot like that. But again, just an amazing shot by her. Also in women's, too, not such a being getting that much of attention, such as her shot, but um, Grambling State women's basketball team. Uh, Set a division one. This is an NCA woman's division one record. Okay. Uh, And they defeated. A team 159 to 18. And that team that they beat. Was the College of Biblical Studies. Now if I do my. Roosevelt High School math. The money math. That's a victory by 141 points. Um. Come on, man. I mean, <clears throat> I've never, until this, to be honest with you, I've never heard the College of Biblical Studies. Now, before I even look at what type of university this is, or what by the name, I'm going to assume this is more of like a religious type of school or college. Am I correct?
1: Yeah, according to the to the ESPN story, uh, the College of Biblical Studies is based in Houston, plays in the Southwest region of the Division Two. National Christian College Athletic Association.
0: Okay, so when you have a team, whether it's men or women, when you have a team that is playing Division 1 college basketball, there's no team that should be beating a team 159-18. That means that that team, the Biblical College of Biblical Studies, that team shouldn't even be on the schedule they shouldn't even be probably competing in women's division 1 basketball i mean do you understand like how for like first of all you know i guess even in division 1 not everything is little league i mean there's no mercy rule um the fact that that's even an ending score A 159 to 18. I mean, what point does it win the – well, I guess, you know, if you look in. it, I'm always about trying to, as I get older, trying to teach life lessons. So I can't really be an advocate of that and then say, hey, what point of this game, what score where both coaches or somebody just decides to go ahead and pull the ladies off the court or do that. can't advocate that because that's a sign of quitting and that's a life lesson that nobody wants to. You know, life is hard as it is and you are taught to just keep fighting. So that's not a good idea. But I mean, it. Did, I can't. I can't lie. It doesn't mean it across mind. one fifty nine to eighteen. You know, I, and I'm telling you, man. The, the the you know, and this is you know, this isn't South Carolina. This isn't you know Tennessee Vols. This isn't Yukon, This is Grambling State. Okay. All right. So again, it's showing you not only in women's. I mean, excuse me, not only in men's sports and women, but in the collegiate level, man, it is the disparity of really competition and resources that university or other study university schools or whatever have. The disparity and the distance is just becoming more and more obvious when you look at things like that, like 159 to 18. I don't even know how that's possible, to be honest with you. You know, but that's just definitely came across my radar. It's trending nationally, but that's uh, and we've seen some lopsided scores before uh, in men's and women's over the years. But <clears throat> I don't recall anything uh, as a hundred and forty point, a hundred and forty one point uh, victory. Uh, that's very astonishing.
1: Yeah, the previous record was for margin of victory was set in twenty eighteen when Savannah State beat Wesleyan of Georgia one fifty five to
0: twenty six. Yeah shockingly these are all coming records are coming in the uh recent years here it's just uh they shouldn't be on your schedule any team that's like that that's not i don't care if it's a pay-for-play situation it doesn't matter that's just um you know that's the for those young ladies to go through that on the losing side and their parents that's just uh that's tough that's tough but keeping it moving though um what else we got going on golf news um and, you know, I'll admit this is one of those that I didn't really want to have interest in going and diving and reading exactly what Rory said. This is just one of those that the headlines caught me in regards to Rory just saying that, hey, you know what? I have to admit maybe I was a little bit too critical and harsh on live players. Um, I, You know, this is one of those if in real time. um You know, we don't have to rehash the whole storyline of Liv and Rory's comments and his actions in regards to this. But I feel that, you know, it's one of those situations that as as deep as his heels were dug in on this and due to the fact that he went out of his way uh, because no one put a gun to Rory's head to take the baton and just go to media war with the defectors or Tour Live guys or PGA guys that left to go play on Tour Live, whatever you want to call them. He chose this. And in my opinion, I have reasons why I think he chose this. Uh, But at the end of the day, he was very harsh and he was very persistent uh, in the vocal, of him being very vocal and what his thoughts were about the players on the PGA that left to go play Tour Live. Uh, he had he had shots at Greg Norman, uh, the co-founder, if you still want to call him that. Um, <clears throat> I think he even had you know a little subliminal there with Lefty um, in regards to when that number was released on how much Phil got for leaving. You know there were some things that Rory said in regards to Phil's involvement with gambling. There's a lot, and so therefore my point with Rory. And I've never really been truly a big, big fan of Rory. I really haven't. And I think part of that's been personal because I felt that the PGA pundits and the experts about 10, 12 years ago, um, you know, they really tried to, along with Nike, uh, really tried to shove Rory down our throats as this is the guy who's going to take the game in the baton for Tiger Woods. And for the most part, Rory kind of cracked a little bit under that pressure. Um, yeah, he's won some majors here and there, but it took a while for him to get going. But he really cracked for that under that type of scrutiny. Um, so <clears throat> to me, that's kind of a maybe just full transparency the way I feel a little bit. But I do feel that it's one of those like – when it's a topic and a stance you take in regards to what was surrounded with Tour Live and really what his stance was and what he said, um just because there's been some type of arrangement made that a lot of the golfers on tour don't even realize don't even know what the details are till this day, uh between the PGA and Tour Live, and it's kind of more accepted now. And Rom has went over there. It, it, why does that? Why should that change your stance of what you really believed in at the time? Because nothing has really changed for the reasons why Rory was giving why he was so against this uh, since he made those comments. Since day one he came out against this. Nothing has really changed for the exceptions of they're more working together now. I know he also said that he feels like Tour Live has exposed some of the flaws at the PGA that have which obviously everybody kind of knew that uh, but I just don't um <clears throat> stand on all 10 on it when it comes to that I mean everybody's right has a right to change their mind or change your stance of of, of particular things that's that's a given I've done that before myself but I think what his stance was and what his passion was about that it just comes out a little bit phony, or were you really 100% was this other some type of personal agenda instead of just talking about the betterment of the game and the tour that all of a sudden months later you've done a 180 and said, hey, I was just too critical of those guys. I just, I, you know, that just, again, gives another feather in my hat While I don't really cut for Rory like that. You want to add something to that?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, in the, in the coverage over at Yahoo Sports, I mean, and then you you get to read all of Rory's words, uh, and he just talks about you know having some time to reflect on it, and I think that now you look at how the PGA is trying to get things to work with Tour Live. Of course, the players and, and Tiger spoke. When we when we covered it back in December about how they're going to to bridge this gap, but also I, th- I feel like time heals things, and and it, Rory's comments he mentions reflecting more. And so he really just says maybe my, my stance at the beginning was too harsh, like all the way from the beginning because when you feel wronged by almost your brothers in the PGA that want to jump ship and it becomes all about the money over there, you know, his, his comments, You know, he, he said, we turn professional for, to make a living at playing in sports is what we do. He said, I can't, make, I can't judge people for making a money decision, and I probably came out too harsh, I'm paraphrasing there for you. but
0: It's still weak. It's still weak because you you're realize you made a mistake. I mean, I think it, I think it takes a grown a, man th- to go
1: ahead and say, hey, maybe I came out too but harsh that wasn't, about the other guys. He
0: he was too. It's not the fact that harsh. He was just very loud and outspoken about his opinion, which still stays true about those guys and why there was controversy. The only reason why he's backing off now, because it's more accepted, because whether you want to say time is hill it's more accepted. It's easier now because everybody's doing it and it looks like we're working together. That, that's phony to me. Like at the end of the day, and that's that's why I say you are not taught, nobody at any level, black, white, Hispanic, Chinese, purple, man, nobody can be taught to be a leader. You're either born with that, or you're not, and no one is taught. And there's something into you when you have to really believe whether you stand alone or it's not the popular thing to do to stick to your convictions and your your opinion. Nothing has changed in relo- in this. He can sit and reflect all he wants to. The bottom line of it is translation. Rory has you know lost some some friends that he thought was friends over this live situation. He almost got into a fight a couple months ago at a a tournament, uh, you know, the uh, not not the tournament. Excuse me. It was a Ryder Cup. He almost he had change of word that went viral. The bottom line, this is him feeling that he's, you know, pushed himself into a corner where people have left his side and everybody's moving on. And now he feels lonely, like he's alone, that nobody else is really fighting hard for him. So now he's going to give in and join. No, man. No. Not when it comes to that. Not when it comes to something like this. We're not talking about giving living and forgiving somebody that's made a mistake or somebody that has hurt you or something you've done physical, like, hey man, I, you know, I've had time to reflect. I take that back. I was too hard. This is about a stance. This is something that you believed in. Just stand on it, regardless if you're the still the, the one that's, you know, fighting the fight, you know. This is more if Rory's always been one of those guys that has gone, you know, following the masses or whatever the narrative is to him about that time. That's just really what it is. But, I mean, it's each his own, you know, because a lot of him, including Roy and a lot of those guys that got their name on lawsuits, they still don't know what the details of this whole PGA Tour live, quote-unquote, partnership or agreement but anyway we've got other things to get to on the docket as well when we get back we're going to dive straight into the nfl i didn't get a chance to talk to it about it yesterday but the dallas cowboys i want to talk about this game not breaking it down but really what's at stake against the commanders now that the philadelphia eagles left the door open for that division speaking of the nfc east and I have my thoughts on that we'll get into that when we get back you listen to the sports grind today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's get a dose we are broadcasting here from the maestro de bell tequila studios we'll be back.
2: All right,
0: back here on the sports grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, and this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. If you're looking to check out what's the latest new products in town, or you already know what they have, you know, and you just want to deliver straight to your doorstep, um, don't forget about specsonline.com because the fun starts here. That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and official partner of the Dallas Cowboys. And speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, um, we talked about yesterday, we came off the break and talked about the uh, controversial call uh, which that crew, by the way, has the primetime game, another primetime game this week. Um, is that the Buffalo Miami game they're doing? Let or me confirm that, for or you. Or is that, it's either that or it's either the other primetime. You have the Colts and the Texans. Um, that's going to be taking place Saturday night. Uh, they flexed out when I put that one in Saturday night. Pittsburgh and Baltimore is the early Saturday game. Uh, so the prime primetime game it would have to be would be Sunday night, I think, is Miami-Buffalo.
1: Uh, they get Saturday's game. Uh, according Ta- to Adam Schefter, Allen and his crew have been assigned to officiate Saturday's game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens, which will be aired nationally on ABC and ESPN.
0: Well, why are they calling that primetime when it's that's a 3 o'clock? I think that's a 3 o'clock start Saturday, right? Uh, Double-check that for me. But anyway, uh, back to the situation at hand, the Cowboys. Um, we didn't talk about it too much yesterday. Yeah, Three 30. Yes. I, I hate when people do that. I mean, it's not prime. That's not a prime time game. I mean, prime time is at night at prime time. I, the
1: headlines I saw was national game, not prime time game that they were getting a national game, not just a regional.
0: Um, uh, I saw prime time, but tomato, tomato, it doesn't matter. They're back at action. Okay. I guess we have to really see if the reports are true, that they've been demoted out of the playoffs selection or not. But anyway, back to the Cowboys, um, uh, With their victory, controversial victory, um, and with the developments that we didn't really get into yesterday uh, that happened over this past weekend, holiday weekend, uh, was the Eagles losing at home to the Cardinals. Um, So now that has opened the door for the Dallas Cowboys, if they can go get a win in the nation's capital against the lonely commanders who have a lame duck head coach, really whole coaching staff, um, they will win the NFC East. And and when I saw these developments over the weekend, I mean, the first thing that came to my mind is like, man, nobody can win this division back to back years to save their lives. I mean, my goodness, you know, because for the most part of the season, even though, you know, we've been talking about on this program, along with others, that Philadelphia, the Eagles are just not the same team as they were last year representing the NFC. And I think the meat of that really is losing two coordinators. They're both coordinators. they offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator. Well, Dallas has the opportunity to take advantage of that and win the division and sit at the two-seed, which I believe the two-seed is going to allow them um, probably to have two home games um, at home. So... But I will tell you that this is this scenario is going to be interesting because Dallas has not really looked that good on the road, whether they've played a playoff caliber team or they've played a team below 500, as the Washington Commanders are. It just hasn't looked good. So I would say before you know Dallas fans celebrate that NFC East title, I would say proceed with caution. Now it's going to depend on really. You know, how much this team, speaking of the commanders, really want to play in week 18. You know, I've always said that I believe, you know, unlike when you get to game, I don't know, 70 in the NBA regular season, 68, 67 when you're usually out of the playoffs so you're one of those teams that are not going anywhere you've get a you got a lot of guys as they say already packing the u-haul trucks and ready for vacation and the NFL um that's not such the case not saying it doesn't exist but it's very rare because even on bad football teams you have you know that you're depending on your contract situation outside of the quarterback position um you know your contract situation with your current team. So if you're under contract and let's say you have two years left on your deal or how have you, then when you know and you're playing and you're going into and – you're playing on a team that you know that's eliminated from the playoffs, when you enter that final week of the season, you're still thinking about, one, finishing strong and putting good film because the new regime coming in, you're trying to keep your job because you're not really guaranteed – that contract or those years that are left, unless your name is Deshaun Watson. So um, you would like to think that, you know, majority of the commanders are going to show up to try to play and win that game just because of the whole idea of the rivalry. Uh, but really I think this is more to say about the situation that's going to be at place in Washington in regards to all Dallas has to do is win. They win the division, they lock the two seed up. Uh, really the residue of that is really why they're in that situation. The story to me is really about the Eagles and how they have really faltered the second half of the season. Um, Even when they were winning some of these games, just their style of play that has put them in this position um, to really cough up the division. I mean, they split split with with Dallas. So they were already in a position, and then you get a team – of the Arizona Cardinals that come into town. Now, granted, I knew that the Cardinals were going to compete because this was Gannon coming back to Philly as a coordinator, and I knew Arizona. I've been saying that, hey, the record the doesn't show it, but I, when I look at Arizona, and I've watched them a few times this year, when I watch them, they're going in the right direction. And really the story, which I had it on the docket, we can kind of kill two birds with one stone, but um, the story that's kind of going under the radar is the fact that Colin Murray probably has solidified since coming back the second half of the season. You know, he was out all the first half of the game, still rehabbing from that injury he took last year. Um, and there's been, some, there, there's been some bad spots when you look at him, some bad plays. But there have been some good plays, and he's able to get a couple wins that he probably has – played well enough to play another year in 2024 as the Cardinals. Now, you can sit there and say, well, Calvin, he's just got that contract extension. Did they really have a choice? Yeah, they had a choice because he wasn't this quarter. This He wasn't Gannon's choice, and he wasn't this GM's choice. But I think you look for reasons to really keep these guys when you have a contract like Kyler and you just gave them extension. But it comes down, to, as we see right now, coaches, especially the first time on the job, they're trying to win in a hurry. So I knew they were going to compete against Philly, but I did not anticipate them with what Philly knew they had on the line uh, to cough that game up at home and then in result, most likely going to cough up the NFC East division title. With that said, the other part of Philly that's really that's just the problem right now is the defense I mean the defense is a problem at Philly It is leaking major oil They've tried everything I mean they gave Patricia He took over play calling Last week against the Arizona Col- They couldn't stop anybody It was bad and, you, and, and again, myself, other people included Has glorified Philly and their front office Especially what they've done on the defensive end On the defensive line And the draft talent that they've drafted Out of Georgia You know, guys that's been there Carter, the guy that fell to him and they looked terrible against Ares. They could not stop them. So um, And then you have reports surfacing today that uh, really over the last couple of days it's been rumbling that AJ Brown is the, this is a team almost a locker room divided in shambles because AJ Brown isn't happy. And the only reason why, and I don't even know what the situation is, but I tell you, bet your dollar to a donut. The only reason why A.J. Brown's not happy because he ain't getting his touches. He ain't getting his TDs. He might be missing out some bonuses. He might going to miss out on some incentives. That's why it is hard and you got to take advantage of your opportunities when you get to the Super Bowl or you get to a conference championship game because, you know, I know sometimes it gets too cliche for me and I get tired of hearing coaches players say it because it sounds so coach speak or player speak when they just don't want to answer the question or just move on. But it's damn sure 100 percent facts. Every season's different. Every season's a new season. It's a new team. All it does is take four or five guys out of a 48, 52-man roster to go ahead and change it and be totally different. And, you know, I think the Eagles are in this position. For one, they have the amount of wins that they have because their talent is just much better than others. So those games, they haven't played Chris pretty much all year long. They haven't. But now that they started meeting competition that was – on par with them, playoff teams, things like that in the last month. It's kind of showed their deficiencies, especially on the defensive side of the ball and really on the offensive side of the ball, which I think their offensive struggles had a lot to do with. Jalen Hurts has. I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Hurts is going to need a procedure after the season. You see what I'm saying? So, um, but it's just that was a disappointing loss. I didn't get a chance to get into it yesterday. Uh, but that was just a disappointing loss. And Philly, I mean Look, I'm not gonna tell you that teams are gonna line up to play them in the NFC, but who are they really scaring at this point? I mean, they're having a hard time scoring the ball consistently and they can't stop anybody. And if these reports are true and there's some type of, you know, in house or in locker room division or fighting going on and AJ Brown, their best receiver, you know, arguably maybe their second best offensive player, is that that smells a recipe for disaster. It's not a good thing. What do you got? Well, there has been some rumblings
1: about uh, the organization's commitment to the uh, Jalen Hurts and, and questioning of his leadership abilities. Of course, a couple of weeks back he did, uh, going into the holiday, he did call out uh, the, his team's commitment to winning. Um, but when you come back and look at the division staying open for the Cowboys, I think the big thing, the real key factor is that it helps them avoid the Niners until the NFC Championship game if they get there. Because you're not ending down as a losing team. So, yes, it allows you to host a playoff game and likely two – and, sure, two rounds. But uh, from the the Fox Sports playoff bracket that we looked at yesterday, the Cowboys in the first round would be hosting the Packers, okay, while the Niners at that one seed uh, would be having that bye. And so we talked about kind of from the Browns' side of things yesterday uh, about their – yes, there's a way they could host a playoff game, but it takes other teams losing – the Cowboys get to avoid the Niners until the last minute possible, uh, if
0: they can secure the division. Well, I think you know. Look, as much talking that Micah Parsons has done, and as much as rent free as the youngsters say, rent free property they got in Dallas has the 49ers, They they if they going where they want to go, they got to see them regardless. You you should want to see them if you got to see them. And, and and everything Michael Parsons, I've never seen a player, you know, be so obsessed with a particular team that has defeated them in the NFL for that long after that game was played months ago. And he just had something on his podcast, you know, pretty on the edge with Parsons or whatever it's called a few weeks ago, again, about the 49ers. They, they should be wanting to play them maybe first playoff game. So it doesn't, I don't think they're in a notion where like we've got to win now because then we avoid the 49ers. If they're true competitors, which they are, you want the 49ers as soon as you get them because you know where you want to go. And that is to the Super Bowl, you got to go through them. Whether that's the second round, you got to go to Levi Stadium or it's the NFC Championship game. I think really what the motivation needs to be and really what the, on their mind is really getting the two seed and win the division, you know. Um, there's players and coaches that got bonuses and stuff for stuff like that for winning division all that I don't necessarily think that they're you know from a fan that's a fan not, and I'm not saying you but that's fan thought like fans are gonna sit there and say hey man let's not avoid them until you know until the NFC at least we can say we made it to the NFC championship game we don't want to go out one and done fans look at that players in that locker room the real ones they're not they're not looking at that
1: well I think fans and analysts. Because we all can see the number in the locker room, you want to believe that you can beat anybody yeah. on any given Sunday. Yeah. But the numbers don't lie. That the Niners are the Cowboys
0: boogeyman. Right. But I'm saying, but again, this forty this Dallas team wasn't playing to win the division this year. They wasn't playing to win a playoff game. They're playing to win to get not even just win to get to the NFC Championship game and win it that they've got to that is one of those i mean yes the analysts this is what we do to fill up time we talk about it or whatever but the reality of it is this win against the commanders is for one winning it winning the division and locking up to get those two home games at home because they're so different from night and day than they are on the road than they're at home and so really the big prize is not avoiding the 49ers it's winning the nfc east and also keeping that streak alive. Nobody's won the NFC back to back years since Philly did it when Andy Reid. They're keeping that going because you don't want that to your you know arch rival, Speaking of Philly, and it's really about getting those two home games at home. Whoever you got coming in, in regards if you're Dallas and for Green Bay because Green Bay still got to beat Chicago to get in. Don't they? they've got to win against Chicago um, this week? I mean they took care of business against Minnesota, which I figured they would. And I think they still got to complete and beat Chicago, which is playing better. Which we want to talk about them, but they've got to really beat them because I know you said well they'd be looking at the Packers, you know, if the season ended. today, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: We, we do have still uh, teams yet to clinch on 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 both
0: sides. Yeah, um, that'd be a tough. I mean, honestly. That would probably be a tough matchup for Dallas. I think Dallas would be okay just because the Green Bay. I mean, the one thing I will tell you, if you're a Packers fan, I mean, your your future's looking pretty good. I mean, you got a you've got a good core of young players on both sides of the ball, especially offensively, that are really ahead of schedule, man. I mean, I know when we talked about divisions in August, I kept saying like, man, I keep hearing this people thinking, look, man, if you I know Aaron Rodgers is left and they replacing Aaron and we don't know what we have in Jordan Love. But if you look at the rest of their roster, this could be a playoff team.'" I was like, really? And I was like, you know what? I start to buy into it a little bit more. And look, now we're seeing what those people are saying. Jordan Love looks comfortable more than ever. He's settled in. Lafleur's doing a hell of a job. He's he's proven that it's not just it wasn't about 12. It just wasn't about him. Um, but yes, and, and Chicago, look, <clears throat> Green Bay has owned Chicago, um, but that is not a layup for, for, for Green Bay. I mean, I think Chicago, uh, it's obviously, you know, the million dollar question with them is what's going to happen with Eberfuss and the head coach, which I think this team has played better down the stretch. They won some games. They've been in games. They look better offensively. They've been one of the top ranked defensive teams in the last, for the last like six or seven weeks of the season. Um, but the elephant in the room is that they're going to have the number one pick courtesy of the Panthers. And uh, it is, I mean, I know it's a story that just we've touched on it a few times here on the show, it keeps going, but it is a very intriguing thing based off the way Chicago has looked for the last month of the season or so uh, and Justin Fields and what they're going to do with Justin Fields and what is this general manager going to do. Now... um, I had it on the docket in regards to that particular uh, topic in regards to the Bears and the Justin Fields situation. Um, I did have it that it is also being reported uh, by ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. Uh, He has went on the record and said that his reports are hearing that the Bears um, will be looking for a second and third round pick uh, for Justin Fields pre-draft um first of all i mean again be be cautious and proceed with caution in regards to these reports that come out around this time and especially it's going to get even more as we get into after the super bowl and we get into the new league year in march and before we go to the draft because be paying attention whose side is leaking this stuff out because to me, I think that's Chicago who's really putting that out to Jeremy Fowler. And I think the reason why they're putting it out is because I think that they want to create enough of market for Justin Fields in case if that's the decision that they make to move on from Justin Fields, because I feel like if you're going to move on from Justin Fields, most likely you're going to move on from Matt Evenfuss too, Okay. Um, possibly, I think so. Because at the end of the day, you know, keep in mind, he's a defensive-minded coach. And if you move on from Justin Fields, you're moving on him to take another quarterback to push the reset button. Now, that's the million dollar question. But the reality of it is, is that I believe they put this out here because they're trying to create enough market to where if they decide to go and do that, they possibly may be able to push the bid up to maybe steal a first round for Justin Fields. Because the second and third, if that's true, think about how many guys, how many teams are going to be calling for that. To give up a number two and three for Justin Fields, who with the right mind that has the right coaching staff or the right coach that ain't going to call Chicago and say, that's what all y'all want? Which I'm not telling you that you can bona fide for sure get a number one for Justin. I don't know about that. But a couple seconds or a third? 877 37 Grind. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producers, been the one and twos. We'll be back.
2: The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.